Okay, praise the Lord. Okay. Oh, I want to start here, though, by because uh, we're actually going to, let me, let me just get over here to it. We're starting in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 1. Let me collapse this. After, uh, let's see. Yeah, notice this. Elijah the prophet. Elijah the who? Well, Elijah the prophet. But anyway, I want to give you some headers because we're going to cover these. Uh, the second chapter. Now the time came for the Lord to take Elijah, who never existed. <laughs> he did exist, too. By means of a whirlwind. What? Oh, my goodness. Elijah said to Elisha, because Elisha is going to take his place, because Elijah is gone. So let's go check just a minute here about this fellow, uh, Elijah and Elisha, from Jesus himself. Let's go to the fourth chapter. And in the fourth chapter, uh, look what the Lord says here. Uh, Jesus, he's in, this is uh, when he's facing the devil. You know, man shall not live by bread alone. Okay, after that's done, he comes back to Nazareth, his boyhood home. He's telling everybody there in church that, hey, these scriptures came true today. And I'm telling you, this is this the fact all the time. That Bible there, it's true. It always is. It's, it's true. And Jesus is facing a hard crowd here. They're going, nah, I don't think so. How can you be the Messiah? So they spoke well of him and were amazed. No, those that were there spoke well of him and were amazed by the beautiful, beautiful words that fell from his lips. How can this be, they asked. Uh, then he said, uh, you'll probably quote me this, pro- this proverb. In other words, uh, heal yourself. Do some healing here. Uh, uh, why don't you do some miracles in your hometown like those in Capernaum? That's actually what the beautiful words were because these guys were already mad at him. Okay, But anyway, uh, so he says, but I solemnly declare that no prophet is accepted in his own hometown. And the reason is, is because of unbelief. He said, for example, Elijah. Now, wait a minute. Elijah didn't exist. Oh, he did too. And Jesus spoke about it. That's the reason it's important for us to know about it. Otherwise, he'd go, well, I'm not going to mention it because y'all don't know nothing about him. Oh, yeah, we do too. Notice how Jesus compares himself like this guy. Woo. He used a miracle to help a widow at Zarephath, a foreigner from the land of Sidon. In other words, she wasn't from Alabama or whatever. She was from some other place. Anyway, there were other Jewish widows that needed help. And then uh, here's the story about Naaman. He healed Naaman. But then we look at this. Here's both of them. Yet Elijah was not sent to them. Or think of the prophet Elisha. So there was two of them. Wow. And notice what they did. Uh, they were. Oh, he healed this guy that was a Syrian. And rather than helping the Jewish uh, lepers that needed help. Well, the reason the Jewish lepers weren't getting any help, they weren't as smart as Naaman was. They were worshiping other gods, didn't even think to ask the Lord. So now let's go back. So where we're going to, we're at 2 Kings. This is pretty easy. Uh, Just chapter 1. Now watch what happens here. After King Ahab's death. Now Ahab married Jezebel. And in our society we go, oh, that woman's a Jezebel. Okay, well, that was the story. Okay. King Ahab's death, the nation of Moab declared its independence, refused refused to pay tribute to Israel any longer. In other words, you know, this other country decided to rebel against Ahab. Well, remember, Ahab is a total loser. He sort of got some things together toward the end. He repented a little bit, but uh, he was still a pretty bit lousy guy. Israel's new king is Ahaziah. Now, remember, you're going to see a phrase that says Judah's king. That's because Judah had a king and Israel had a king. When David was king, he was king over all 12 tribes. Okay? But Judah's got a king here. Come on, brother. But Judah, at, uh, at this point, just has two tribes. It's Benjamin and, uh, and Judah, whatever. 
But Israel's <clears throat> king, Ahazi, had fallen off the upstairs porch of his palace. You ever stumble and hurt yourself? Now watch what this guy did and compare what you can do. Okay? He's going to the wrong place for help. There's your mistake right there. I mean, isn't it interesting to get the stories? He's just up there going, hey, yeah, wow. Whoa! And he falls. Well, dummy, have you ever done this to yourself too? You say, well, I had to go back and find out. I was just finding out what I did. You know, if you find out what you did, what are you going to do? Tell yourself, don't do it again. <laughs> if it was an accident, you're still going to, the ladder's going to fall, whatever, you know. It doesn't matter. The main thing is run to the Lord. Look who he runs to. He fall off the upstairs porch of his palace at Samaria and was seriously injured. Now, just for a point here, don't you remember the Lord told his disciples, he said, don't go into any of the town of the Samaritans. Now, there's a reason Jesus said that, although, oh, you know, his mercy was still there. But I'm just, just showing you that. Basically, the kingdom was supposed to have been out of Judah and Benjamin. Actually, Judah, because that's the line of David. This line here, Israel, was the other 12 tribes. They didn't even go to the temple. They set up two golden calves to worship. Oh, man. Okay. But anyway, this guy falls off his palace in Samaria, was seriously injured. He sent messengers to the temple of the god of Beelzebub at Ekron to ask whether he would recover. Now, when it says ask where he would recover, he's, asking, he's actually asking to recover. He's not saying, well, hey, do I get it or I don't? No, he was trying to get help. Well, let's see what happened to this fellow. But an angel of the Lord told Elijah, who Jesus didn't believe in. Oh, yeah, he did too. Jesus knew this guy. Matter of fact, on the Mount of Transfiguration we looked at last week, Jesus' clothes turned white as snow and all of a sudden, whoop, whoop. Elijah, who else was there? Moses. They both showed up. Go meet the messenger, the angel said, and ask them, is it true? Look at, look at the way the angel's saying, is there no God in Israel? Now, let's just think about why we have the details. Sure, there's a little history here, but if I fall, just like uh, oh, Josh was talking about, this fella fell 30-something feet. And he's okay now, or he's better. But this, this prophet said, the angel said, go, Elijah, go tell this guy. It's, you guys don't think there's a God in Israel? See, this is the same thing Naaman did. But Naaman went there saying, I come here to the God of, of Israel because my little servant girl said I could get healed of this skin junk. And he did. This guy, no way. Go meet the messengers and ask them, is it true there's no God in Israel? Is that why you're going to Baals above the God of Ekron to ask whether the king will get well? Because the king of Ahazi has done this. The Lord says he'll never leave the bed he's lying on. He will surely die. Now notice this. If he'd just done the right thing, he could have been, got over it. Because he has done this. Some people say, well, I guess the Lord, the Lord just... One day yes and one day no. No, uh-uh. It would have been yes for this guy. We even have a king by the name of Hezekiah. Remember this story? This prophet... Nah, it wasn't this prophet. It, oh, it was Isaiah. Isaiah comes in and says, boss, of course, you know, my boss is the Lord, but you're the king. He said, my boss said, your time's up. You're going to die. Hezekiah did what? He faced the wall, the scripture says, and he cried and he said, Lord, please. And before Elijah could get, I mean, excuse me, Isaiah could leave the building, the Lord said, go back. I've added 15 years to his life. Go tell him that. Hello, I get it. I get it. I'm going to do that. Praise the Lord. Doctor comes to you or something happens to you and it's like, I don't want to die yet. Well, go to the Lord. This guy went to Baal's above. Hmm. Okay, wait. Because the king's done this, 
Uh, he'll never leave his bed. He'll surely die. Okay, so what happens next? Uh, when Elijah told the messengers, they returned immediately to the king. Why have you returned so soon? He asked them. A man came up to us. They said he told us to go back to the king and tell him, the Lord wants you to know why you are asking questions of, of Baals above the God of Ekron. Is it, is it because there's no God in Israel? Now that you've done this, you're not going to leave your bed. You're lying on. You're surely going to die. Notice this. The king says, what that guy look like? What did he look like? Well, he was a hairy guy. <laughs> now we're getting way too much details for a lie. I mean, come on. I wouldn't write this stuff. Mm -mm. I, I would write down the truth, you know. Let's see. Yeah, this happened, this happened. But to make this stuff up is bizarre. Like some people, and I, and I tell you what, when you're having thoughts saying, is this stuff true or not? That's because it is true. And you're being pushed away from it. Grab hold of it. Don't let it go. Don't let it go because this stuff, this is yours. This, it'll work. He said, and he had a wide leather belt. Now, who else was that way? John the Baptist. Anyway, it's Elijah the prophet, the king exclaimed. And he knew who this guy was. I think this fellow's name was, this wasn't Ahab. This was, oh, it was Azariah. Okay. They found him sitting on, uh, yeah, uh, then he sent an army captain with 50 soldiers to arrest him. Now, this ain't going to turn out good <laughs> for the bad guys. Notice, we're going to arrest him. Now, now, don't forget, King Asa did this too. King Asa was a good king, and then he turned bad right at the end. And he had what? Foot problems. And he died with a foot problem. First Chronicles 16. Remember the scripture says, the eyes of the Lord to and fro, looking to see who he can make himself strong to. We'll look at that in just a moment. That was because of the foot problem. Asa got so mad at the prophet because the prophet said, why did you ask the Egyptians to help you out in that last battle? A few years ago, you just trusted the Lord. Now you're trusting another army to do it. And Asa got so mad, he threw that guy in prison. Anyway, so this guy here says, go get him. Go throw him in jail. So here's what happened. They sent a captain with 50 soldiers to arrest him. They found him sitting at the top of a hill. The captain said to him, Oh, man of God, the king has commanded you to come along with us. You're coming with us or else. Well, not really. Boy, I tell you what, Elijah put a whooping on him. Look at this. Elijah said, If I'm a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and destroy you. Then lightning struck and killed them all. Woo. So the king sent another 50. Oh, brother. The king said that you must come down right away. Elijah said, if I'm a man of God, let fire come down and destroy you. Now, the next guy that came was Bob. Bob figured this out. <laughs> now, watch what he did. He said, once more, the king sent 50 men, but this time the captain fell before his knees and said, whoa, hold on. Hang on. Look. He says, oh, man of God, please spare my life and the lives of these 50, your servants. Have mercy on us. You know, this is so important. You can get away with everything in the scriptures if you'll just trust his mercy. I don't mean get away in a bad sense. I mean, we're all in trouble. Adam's sin alone condemned us all to hell. I don't care what you've done. You'd be the best person in the world. Adam sent you to hell. You're doomed. It doesn't matter what you did. You're toast. By one man's offense, death reigned. Oh, brother. But by one man's obedience, Romans chapter 5 says. See, Jesus, God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Praise the Lord. Anyway, have mercy on us. <laughs> Don't destroy us. Okay, so uh, 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 15. The angel of the Lord said to Elijah, hey, don't be afraid. Go with him. So Elijah went to the king. 
And he said, why did you send messengers to Beelzebub, the god of Ekron, to ask about your sickness? See, again, we're starting to catch this because uh, we're not doing this. But what if we had done the right thing? Well, then you can go to the Lord with your problem. I heard some stuff the other day, and I appreciate what we're accomplishing with cancer. I do. But I tell you what, this stuff has infiltrated our minds and our thinking, and we just think, boy, when we hear the word cancer, we think it's over. It's over. And then when you have people say, you know, you ought to ask the Lord to help you, we'll go, well, I don't want to do that, you know. (laughs) Okay, don't read these stories. Man, I'm going to use these stories, praise the Lord. Yeah, but what if some don't? I don't care about some don't, some don't, whatever. Neither did Jesus when he said Elijah the prophet was not sent to any of the widows in Israel. It, all that matters is you. The people that Jesus was preaching to, they were scratching their heads when Jesus said, hey, all this stuff will work for you. These scriptures are fulfilled today. Remember what he said? He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, bind up their wounds or whatever it is, you know, preach the gospel to the poor, set the captives free. And they were like, can't be, can't be, can't be. And you can do that to yourself. But don't, don't. Okay, back to this. So he said, why? Why did you go to that stupid God and ask for help? Elijah, look at that. He demanded. Look at that. Is it because there is no God in Israel to ask? Now, see, this is why, you know, it wasn't just saying, well, am I going to live or am I going to die? The asking was for help because Naaman came right in to get help. Okay. Because you've done this, you're not going to leave this bed. Well, now, wait, if he had asked the Lord. Well, then, obviously, he wouldn't have. Anyway, so Ahaziah died, just as the Lord predicted through Isaiah. And his brother Jehoram, which is actually, his name is actually, oh yes, Jehoram. It's Joram, but it's short for that. Became the new, new king. For Ahaziah didn't have a son to succeed him. This occurred in the second year of, see, notice how you have, notice this is, this is king of Judah. So you've got king Israel, king of Judah. They're all in the same family, but they're split up a little bit. The rest of the history of Ahaziah, who never existed, oh yeah it was, was recorded, recorded. They got the details. We got them too. All right, let's go to chapter two. Bingo, look at this. Now it came time for the Lord to take Elijah to heaven by means of a whirlwind. Wow. Elijah said to Elijah, excuse me, Elijah, yeah, Elijah said to Elisha after they left Gilgal, stay here for the Lord's told me to go to Bethel. In other words, I'm going to go to Decatur, you stay here. And, uh, but Elisha says, I swear I'm going here. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not leaving. So they went together to Bethel. Now notice this. There were um, young prophets of Bethel Seminary. I mean, I grew up a Baptist, and then we had Southwestern Seminary and all this. As a matter of fact, most of your schools through the 1500s and stuff, they were, all those schools were seminaries. Kind of went down since then. But anyway, okay, they went out to meet them and asked Elijah, did, see, they had, remember, Elisha is second in command, okay? And Elisha, and these prophets, they're saying, don't you know that the Lord's going to take Elijah away from you today? Now, remember, these are prophets. Remember the story about Saul? He's trying to go get David. He's mad. He sends some men down there, and these men get close to where Saul is, I mean, where David is, and David's with Samuel and all these other prophets, and they're prophesying. And his men start prophesying. Finally, Saul has to go down there, and he's mad. I'm going to kill him. And all of a sudden, he gets around these prophets, and he starts prophesying. Actually, takes his clothes off, laying there naked, and everybody's going, is Saul a prophet? What's going on here? Now, remember what prophesying is. Acts chapter 2 says, we do hear him speak the wonderful works of the Lord. 
not always, you know, you're doom and gloom, whatever. But they do know things, okay? They do know things. It's just, and that's the reason these seminary boys were saying, Elisha, your boss is going to go to heaven today. And anyway, notice what Elisha says. He says, did you know that the Lord's going to take Elisha away from you today? Notice he says, shh, quiet. I know. Notice how he says this. He says, of course I know it. <laughs> anyway, Elisha said to Elisha, no, Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here in Bethel. For the Lord sent me to Jericho. In other words, we just went to Decatur. Now let's go to Florence. The students at Florence, Jericho Seminar, Seminary, came to Elisha and asked him, Don't you know? Now how'd they know? Big old sign on Elijah's face. No, they knew from the Lord. There was a lot of prophets that the Lord was using. He's going to take your master away. Look at this. Will you please be quiet? I <laughs> know. Of course I know it. Then Elijah said to Elisha, please stay here for the Lord sent me to other... Anyway, Elisha says, I ain't going nowhere. I'm staying right with you. Uh, the Lord sent me to the Jordan River. But Elisha says, I swear by to God, I'm not going to leave you. Now notice this. So they went together and stood by the Jordan River. Here we go. Get the details. As 50 of the young prophets watched. Then Elijah folded his cloak, his jacket, struck the water with it. Now wait a minute. I thought Moses split the Red Sea. Yeah, but don't you remember what Joshua did when Joshua went across the Jordan River? As soon as the priest stuck their feet in the water with the ark, it opened up. This stuff is normal. It's just normal. Anyway, he folded his cloak. He hit the water with it. The river divided. Remember, these 50 are watching. They're going, wow. Remember, they already knew. They said, hey, today your boss is going up in a whirlwind. We're going to watch this thing. All right. When they arrived on the other side. Now notice, now come on now, stay with the scriptures. That's the reason I like to say, when people say, well, you think Jesus is a Santa Claus? I'm like, man, he's better than a Santa Claus. This is great. Look what he says. What wish shall I grant you before I'm taken away? Now that just made sense. Elijah, Elijah knows he's fixing to go. He's already raised a boy from the dead. He kept a woman from uh, 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 William and a bunch of other great things. It didn't rain and it rained finally. And some other great things took place. Other wonderful miracles right there. But anyway, and now he's fixing to leave. And so he says, hey, by the way, I'm fixing to be gone. You need anything before I go? And Elisha thinks, you know what? Look what he says. Please grant me as much prophetic power as you, uh, twice as much power as you have, we've heard all our lives, you know, a double anointing, whatever, whatever. But that's the bottom line. Double portion, yeah. Watch this. He said, well, you've asked a hard thing. Notice he didn't say it's impossible. You know, two guys came to Jesus, James and John, the one that wrote John 3.16, and James. They came to Jesus one time with their mama. <laughs> and mama said, hey, we want to ask a request of you. Do you know Jesus didn't say, well, now hold on. We're just, we need to work on character. We need to work on building better lives and stuff. All this asking's got to stop. And that's not what Jesus said. Man, I tell you, we are in trouble down here in this earth. We need help. And you always turn to the Lord. But notice what they asked. And notice what Jesus said. I'm just going to quote it to you. Their mom said, uh, Grant that my two sons can sit on your left hand and your right hand. When you come in your kingdom. Notice what Jesus said. He says, he said, uh, are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? He didn't say, well, come on. Forget it. He told him, yeah. And that's where we got that one song we sang. I grew up. Lord, we are able. Our spirits are thine. Remold us, make thee. Whatever. Like thee, divine. Anyway. 
Then Jesus turned around and he said, well, okay, you guys are going to drink the cup. In other words, James actually got killed. John had a hard row to hoe too. He wound up on the Isle of Patmos. They said he was, they covered him in hot tar and all that kind of stuff. It didn't kill him. But anyway, the Lord says, but to, for you to sit on my right hand is not for me to give, but my father's. And ultimately, guess what? We are seated with him in heavenly places, so they got it. But anyway, you've asked a hard thing. Now watch this. If you see me when I'm taken away from you, you'll get your request. You know, we have got to use our faith. You can't just say, well, if it'll be, it'll be. You've got to believe. I'm telling you. You'll get your request. But if not, you won't. Now watch this amazing thing that took place. Remember, there's 50 students going. They already knew. They're not like, is he coming? No, they've been bugging this two out of Elisha saying, your boss is fixing to go to heaven. Why no? Shut up. Oh, watch this. Everybody's watching. As they were talking, oh my goodness, suddenly a chariot of fire. And I don't know if you've seen some good Christian artists write some of this stuff. There'll be a horse and he's got fire on him. Whatever. Scripture said fire. Living Bible said fire. Must Drawn by horses of fire. Whoo! Appeared and drove between them. Knocked Elijah out of the way apparently. Separating them. Elijah was carried by a whirlwind up into heaven. Oh my goodness. Elisha saw it. Look what he cried out. My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the charioteers. Ezekiel saw this same thing, you know. We got that story by the kingsman, a song by the kingsman. Ezekiel went down. You've heard, and you've heard Elvis sing that song. It's good. I have it on my iPod. Mm. They disappeared from sight. He tore his robe. This is Elisha now. Elijah's gone. Then he picked up, what did he do? He picked up Elijah's cloak, turned back to the Jordan River, struck it with water. Boom. Notice what he said. Where is the God of Elijah? Now compare that with chapter 1. Ahaziah, woo, he falls. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to somebody else for help. There is a God in Israel. There's a God in our nation. There's a God in your life. Praise the Lord. So easy. Anyway, the water parted. The young prophets of Jericho saw what had happened. They exclaimed, the spirit of Elijah, boy, is now on this guy. Woo! And they went um, to meet him and greeted him respectfully. Sir, they said, just say a word. And 50, <laughs> this is so funny. They said, just say a word and we'll, uh, as 50 of our best athletes, like Dustin or somebody. Of course, Dustin wouldn't go because Dustin would have known, you ain't going to find Elijah. They said, perhaps the Spirit of the Lord, you know, uh, left him on some mountain in a ravine. No, don't bother. He's gone to heaven, just like Enoch. But they kept urging until he was embarrassed and finally said, all right, knock yourself out. Go look for him. Of course, they come back. <laughs> we can't find him. And Elijah said, well, you weren't going to find him. Then 50 men searched for three days, but they didn't find him. Elijah was still at, at Jericho, and notice what he said. Didn't I tell you not to go? He growled. Told you guys not to go. Anyway, now a delegation of the city officials at Jericho visited Elijah. We have a problem, they told him. The city is located in beautiful, natural, look at this. I guess you don't go to the Lord. I mean, you got problems, you're just stuck with it. No, you don't. This was smart. The city's located in beautiful surroundings, as you can see, but the water's bad, and of course to them, they, it was, nobody could have any kids. Well, hey, I don't, man, this is the Lord's will. If you can't have kids, you can't have kids. Guess what? Sarah couldn't have any kids. 
and she had kids. I just read the other day. I already knew it, but I'm going to say I read it again. Jumped off the page again. Isaac marries Rebecca. <laughs> she ain't got no kids either. And Isaac said, Lord, help my wife, Rebecca, don't have any kids. And, woo, started having kids. I don't believe it, Richard. Well, fine, fine. I know we do, but I'm just saying that's how unbelief is. Well, then he said, bring me a bowl filled with salt. So they brought it to him. Now, some people go off the deep end here. They go, you know, that's salt. That is on the periodic table. That's NAC such and such. And, and there was a reason. God was a chemist. And, <coughs> wrong. It's got nothing to do with it. It's just the Lord. Uh, so they brought him some salt. And he went out in the city and the well and threw the salt in it and declared the Lord's healed these waters. And guess what happened? Everybody started having kids again. There shall no longer cause... Uh, Death and miscarriage. So there was death too. Okay. And sure enough, the waters were purified just as Elijah said. <clears throat> now, last little part of the second chapter. I want to get to the third chapter. Anyway, just watch it. little story. He left Jericho and he went to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, a gang of young men from the city began mocking and making fun of him because he was bald. Man, I did Mistake. He turned around, cursed them in the name of the Lord. Two female bears came out, and boy, they just tore the stew out of them. Forty-two of them. Woo, man. Anyway, <clears throat> them boys should have known better. But now remember the time frame. It's not like these boys all were in church. No, their parents probably worshipped devils and whatever else. They're like, ho, 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 ho. Ah, grizzly bears, man. Shoot. Okay, now we're back to Ahab's son. He took over. He began his reign over Israel during the 18th year of King Jehoshaphat. So see, you got the two kings there. He reigned for 12 years. Now let's catch this story. We'll stop. He was a what? Very evil man. What a loser. But not as wicked as his father and mother had been, which was Ahab. For at least he tore down the pillar of Baal that his father had made. Nevertheless, he still clung to the great sin of Jeroboam. They worshipped these two cows. Led the people of Israel into worship idols. King Meshia of Moab and his people were sheep ranchers. They paid Israel an annual, annual tribute of 100,000 lambs of wool and 100,000 rams. But after Ahab died, the king of Moab rebelled against Israel. Now, Jehoram mustered the Israeli army and sent messengers to King Jehoshaphat saying, Hey, help me out. See, the two kings were trying to cooperate with each other a little bit. King Moab rebelled against me. Will you, will you help me fight him? Well, Jehoshaphat said, Of course I will. My people and horses are yours. What are your battle plans? We'll attack from the wilderness of Edom, Jehoram replied. So their two armies, now joined by the troops of Edom, there was a third partner there, they moved around uh, to root out through the wilderness for seven days, but there was no water for their men and pack animals. What shall we do? The king of Israel cried out. The Lord has brought us out here uh, to let the king of Moab defeat us. No, wait a minute. Notice Jehoshaphat's like, no, 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 no. Mm -mm. The king of Israel asked, isn't there a prophet of the Lord with us? Now, we've seen this story before, a few chapters before, but this is not the prophet Micaiah this time. So we can find out what to do. Elisha's here. Now, remember what the problem was? There wasn't no water. Something was wrong. Man, always just go to the Lord. Anyway, one of the king of Israel's officers said, then added, he was Elisha's assistant. Wow. Well, watch what happened. A little bitty story here, but really good. Fine, Jehoshaphat said, just the man we want. So the king of Israel, Judah and Edom, went out to consult Elijah. Notice what Elijah said. I want no part of you, Elisha, snarled at King Jehoram. Go to the false prophets of your father and mother. In other words, you guys keep worshiping devils, go ask them. But now notice what he says. 
But King Jehoram replied, No, it is the Lord who's called us out here to be destroyed by the king of Moab. Now notice uh, uh, Elisha writes back and says, I swear, oh excuse me, yeah, look at this. I swear by the Lord God I wouldn't bother with you except for the presence of King Jehoshaphat from Judah. See, Jehoshaphat was trying to serve the Lord. Matter of fact, we, we know he did because Jehoshaphat said, hey, let's go get a prophet. Now bring me someone to play the lute. What? Yeah, you want a little music. And while the lute was played, the message of the Lord came to Elisha. Here it is. Here's what he said. The Lord says, fill this dry valley uh, with trenches to hold water he will send. Oh, you won't see wind or rain, but this valley will be filled with water and you'll have plenty for yourselves and your animals. But only uh, the t- excuse me, but this is only the beginning for the Lord will make you victorious over the army of Moab. You're going to conquer the best of their cities, even those that are fortified, and you're going to uh, ruin all of uh, the good land, uh, ruin all the good land with stones. And sure enough, the next day, about that time when the morning sacrifice was offered, Look, water, it was flowing all over the direction from Edom, and soon there was water everywhere. I mean, the place, it was saturated. Meanwhile, the people of Moab, and here's the bad guys. Now remember, these guys are descendants of who? Lot. Lot had two daughters. They both had a son. One was Moabites. Okay, anyway. They heard about the armies marching against them. They mobilized every man who could fight, old and young, and stationed themselves along the frontier. But early the next morning, the sun looked as red as it shone across the water. So these bad guys were looking, and they saw a bunch of red reflection of the sun, and they said, it's blood. Let's go attack. Well, they ran out there, and the Israelites woke up going, hey, who's in our camp? And man, they pulled their swords out, and they took care of them. That's what it says. Blood, they exclaimed. The three armies have attacked and killed each other. Let's go collect the loot. But when they arrived at the Israeli camp, the army of Israel rushed out and began killing them, and the army of Moab's fled. Then the men of Israel moved forward into the land of Moab, destroying everything as they went. They destroyed the cities, threw stones on every good piece of land, stepped, stopped up the wells, felled the fruit trees, finally only forked whatever was left, and it fell. When the king of Moab saw the battle had been lost, he led seven of his swordsmen in a last desperate attempt to break through Edom, but he failed. Now look at this nasty thing. This is the last thing. The king of Moab, look what he did. Now we have the details. I mean, he's just defeated. He took his son who would have been the next king, and to the horror of Israel, killed him, nailed him to a wall, and burned him. Woo! So that the army of Israel turned back in disgust to their own land. But anyway, so how did they overcome? Well, we went three chapters so far, and all of them was go to the Lord, go to the Lord, go to the Lord. And that's the way it is the rest of the book. It's fantastic. We have a Lord to help us too. Same one. Father, we thank you, Lord, that if we're not feeling good, we're, we're not going to do what Ahaziah did. We're going to go to you. Praise the Lord. If we're having trouble financially, like this army here, they were about to be deserted and, and they didn't have any water. It was all going to be it was going to be horrible. But no, you turned it around. It doesn't matter if we're faced with any problem that might not even been listed this morning. It doesn't matter what it is. We have a God in our life. It's Jesus, and He will help us. Lord, that doesn't leave anything left but for us to go tell others what you've been doing for us, so we can be a light in this world. In Jesus' name, Amen. All right, Hallelujah. Yeah, Amen.